Joining me today is an individual who has spoken in hundreds of events across North America, empowering students, educators, and corporations by assisting them to take control of their lives. He has created an award-winning school curriculum with his company, TDS Education, and he has even published and collaborated with the world's largest brands. He's an award-winning speaker, poet, published author, and TV personality. I know for a fact that he has left an everlasting effect on me, and I'm sure he will leave one on you after today's episode. It's Leo Barb. Welcome, Leo. Thank you so much, my man. Good to be here. Thanks so much for coming on. I know you're extremely busy, so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Of course. We go back a few years. Uh, it was either late 2018 or early 2019 when you came to my high school while I was in grade 11. And I remember that I was in a crappy mood that day and I didn't want to do math. And we found out that we we're going to the CAF for a presentation. And you made quite the entrance. Um, I remember I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and then either was it rapping or beatboxing? What were you doing? Because I remember you like, yeah, you like woke yeah, like me a little up. Like a little poet, like a little poetry with a little slang to it, you know? Right. That like woke me up. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. And the thing that really hit me that day was when you got, when we got back to class after your presentation, my math teacher, who was a complete buffoon, um, he was just mocking you, literally making fun of everything you said and basically spitting on like all of the students dreams. Like one student, I remember she wanted to work in media as well. And he's like, no, you're never going to get there. You know, you need math, you need this. And, and for me, teachers are supposed to inspire, educate, motivate the future of this country and not do the opposite. And for me, that's one thing that really bugged me uh, about the teacher. He never really taught. And I think we know that there's a TikTok video. You probably saw it of the student talking back to the teacher. Some may call it talking back. Some may call it standing up for himself. And basically just saying this is the future of the country and you have to teach it in the right direction because then these people come at us and they're like, oh, this generation doesn't know anything when these are the kind of teachers we have. Now, this isn't all the teachers. We know that for sure. There are some amazing, great teachers and professors in the world. I know for a fact, my French teacher um, in elementary, shout out to him. If it wasn't for him on graduation, I probably wouldn't be where I am in my life. So that's an example of a great teacher who that's a teacher should be. But moving forward, obviously, it's unfortunate. But, you know, that aside, how are you doing during these unprecedented times? I'm sure the way you present is uh, far different than ever before. Yeah, well, you know what, I think every school has those great teachers, like you're saying, you're a French teacher, and you remember those teachers, they make like this lifelong impact on you. But you also remember the, the not good ones. And the not good ones leave just a big of an impact on you. Watch me, you know what I mean? And like you almost had this like little chip on your shoulder after hearing that from a teacher. So no, that's good, man. And so, like for me, like COVID hit us pretty hard. Um, so I would say a good like 100% of what we did before was in-person live events. Um, so obviously with COVID that was completely shattered. Um, so we were hit pretty hard when COVID first hit. And I'd say, I think in the, la in the first two weeks, we lost 95% of our business booked for 2020. So within like a couple of days, just business was gone. Um, and then we had to shift to virtual. So we got the equipment um, and we uh, switched to the virtual. 
but my passion is at risk. My passion is, you know, I love working with students that are hungry and go-getters and they want to change the world. I love that. But my passion is really with the kids that have no hope, the ones that feel like they have no future or they have no reason to be here. That's really where my passion is. So, you know, trying to get those kids on a call, on a virtual call is much different than a student leader. Um, so that was tough, just trying to navigate that. And so what we did was we started to do our virtual programs, our virtual presentations. Um, but I would say, I, I would think the biggest thing were just schools were scared. Schools didn't know what was going on. Schools didn't know how to adapt. Um, and now in 2021, I always say the mindset of 2020 was survival, just getting through it, figuring it out, surviving. And then 2021, we got to shift it now to thriving. We lived, we survived, we know what we're up against. We know the challenge now. So it's really going to come down to um, thriving and changing that mindset. So, and that also has to come down to me as well. Like I have to move away from my survival mindset and get into a thriving mindset. You know, what's funny with me is that like, when I started to practice what I preach to the students, my life also got better. So preaching, you know, practicing what you preach is key. Um, so when you're like, you know what, you got to look on the bright side. Well, you got to practice that too. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been trying to look at the bright side <laughs> um, for the last year and, and it's been good and bad, but definitely a learning experience. Right. I agree with that. I think, you know, everyone said 2020 was going to be the year of, you know, clarity. And I think for me, it definitely was, I definitely shifted away from the wrong group of people. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later on about, you know, the circle you surround yourself with, but I think 2020 really allowed you cause you're, you're not with everybody at school, right? At school, you know, you're friends with everyone, but then when you're home, you never really realized who's really there for you. And, you know, when you put your phone away, then you see who's really there for you. And that's what showed me in 2020. And I think, like you said, now you just build on yourself moving forward. In today's episode, Leo and I will speak about Leo's life-changing story, Leo's youth organization, the importance of mental health for student success, as well as something called I Can and I Will. Starting off, in 2007, you were involved in something that for many is their worst fear. You took a trip to Montreal with your buddies during Canada Day long weekend, and instead of enjoying that trip, it ended with you having bullets inside of you, nearly costing your life. Since the moment you woke up that day, what do you remember? What exactly went down and what happened following all of that? It's a good question. Um, like I say this a lot, like when, when, when you have a bad dream and you wake up in the middle of the night, right? You're kind of like, whoa, thank goodness that wasn't real. Um, when I woke up after the shooting, I woke up into a nightmare. So I didn't wake up from a nightmare. I woke up into a nightmare. So I just remember like the gun and the alleyway and the kid who shot me like almost as of a dream. And then when I woke up, it was like, where am I? So I woke up in a hospital. I woke up in intensive care. I woke up after a, a five hour surgery to put my body back together. Um, and I think the number one thing that, what, that hit me was emotions. Like I was angry, I was scared. Um, I felt like my friends left me. I was scared that my family doesn't even know where I am. I was scared I wasn't gonna live. I was scared like, Montreal was going to be like where my story ended. Um, so it was a lot of emotions. And then those emotions kind of compound and really started to rock my mental health. Um, and then, you know, there was the physical surgery. So I had five major surgeries over five months. I lost 70 pounds. I had to learn how to walk again. I played professional rugby before. So, 
you know, I was running 10 K I could run through a brick wall. I was, you know, I felt unstoppable. And then because of the shooting, I, I, I lost 75 pounds or 70 pounds. I didn't know who I was anymore. Looking in the mirror, I didn't recognize the guy looking back at me. I wasn't some confident kid anymore. I was a scared child in a man's body. Um, and that is really where the post-traumatic stress came into play. Um, tried to kill myself twice because of PTSD and landed myself in a mental hospital. And here I am at 21. My life is in my hands. I'm, I'm on top of the world. And then by the time I was 22, I was, you know, had two bullet holes, two suicide attempts and found myself in a mental hospital. And my mental health was telling me that I didn't matter. I didn't, you know, I shouldn't be here and, and I had no purpose. So I should just end my life. Um, and yeah, that's when uh, things started to change. My dad played me Martin Luther King's last speech one day. And it was just kind of like a random day. Just like, hey, let's go for a drive, get you out of the house. He knew I was depressed. And then was like, here, listen to, listen to this. It'll help you. And I swear, it was like a light switch. Like one person, one mission, one idea changed the world. And what, what happens if I do that? Um, and I literally created my youth organization the very next day. And I haven't stopped until today. So it's been a bit of a ride, if you could say. Yeah. Uh, what words in particular in that speech changed everything for you? I think what it was, was just, you know, it was his last speech. So he talked about before he was assassinated, talks about, you know, going over to the promised land and, you know, they were dealing with a lot of racial injustice and, you know, well, we'll go to the promised land and I may not get there with you, but we as a people will reach the promised land. And, you know, it just hit me like, you know, when you, when you come from a good place and when you inspire hope into the lives of those that have lost their way, you can really bring people out of the darkest corners of their mind. And if I, and my first idea was like, if I could help kids do that. And again, it was always connected back to the kid who shot me was like, you know, you know, what could I do to help that kid? Or what if I, what if I could speak and help that kid? Would he have still met me in the alleyway? Um, so my work really started with that was like, how do I help the kid who shot me? So that no other kid has to go through that feeling. Because I always say like, you know, throwing it to the audience, like, did that kid have any other option to shoot me? Yeah, he had 9 million other, other options, right? Why did he think meeting me in that alleyway and shooting me was his only option? Well, you know, that's where my work begins. Like, you know, emotional intelligence, mental health, you know, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. And then that's where the work started. Was that guy ever arrested or caught? He was not. So um, I think there was an investigation for about five, six months. And then when the police found out I was going to live, make a full recovery, it changed from like a homicide to like a whole other situation. So they kind of dropped the case. They didn't have a whole lot to go off of. And uh, that kid's still walking around today. If you had the opportunity to meet him, what would you tell him? For me, you know, where did you go after? You know, I, I almost want to just be real with it. Like, where did you go after? Because like, I think people think this idea that like maybe he left and celebrated and was like, boom, I got him or like, you know, whatever it was almost, or maybe emotionless. But the fact is that kid probably crumbled into a million pieces. That day changed my life forever. And it's very easy to say that it probably changed his life forever. Um, and we went in different directions. I went this way, he went that way, but I know that it changed my life. And, 
hopefully in some sort of positive way, it, it helped him in his life too. And he only took around like $10 from you, right? And your cell phone that night? Yeah, I had like a couple bucks in my wallet, my cell phone. He ended up throwing my cell phone in the alleyway. So he looked oh. at it, was like, nah, I don't want this, dashed it. They tried to get fingerprints from the phone. Uh, they couldn't. There was some security cameras in the alleyway. But, you know, with those security cameras, they're so pixelated, like they couldn't see who it was. I just know for me that the kid who shot me was a kid. He must have been like 16, 17 years old. He wasn't confident. You know, when the gun was out, he was shaking. He was unsure. Um, so I don't think it was, I don't think it went according to plan to him. I think shooting me was not part of the plan. Um, so I think it went a little crazy for him too. Well, fast forward to 2021, you have spoken to over one and a half million students all across Canada and the United States. You spoke to schools in Boston, Chicago, New York, Las Vegas, and all across Ontario. And you've also built school curriculums as well as collaborated with the world's largest brands. Up until now, what has been your favorite moments by doing these presentations? Honestly, brother, it's stuff like this. It's like, you know, you and me connected at a school presentation. I made somewhat of an impact on you. And here we are, full circle moment. You're, you're following a passion. You're going after it. And you reached back out to me to say, hey, you had an impact in my life. And let's reconnect. And that, that's it, man. It's like I've had messages from kids say, like, I still think about you every day. I still think about that self-talk. What am I saying to myself? Um, whether they're an athlete or they want to get into media or they want to get into like social work and helping kids. Whenever I hear those full circle moments where like I spoke to you at a school or an event, I empowered you and now you're following your dreams because of a small part of what I've said, man, that's like, I, that, that beats any dollar amount I could be paid. Right. I love that. And what I love most about you is that instead of seeking revenge and allowing that horrifying moment to negatively dictate your future, you picked yourself up and took the other cheek to come up with Think Don't Shoot, an organization that's aimed to reduce violence in youth that seeks to encourage hope, provide positive guidance, as well as help youth cope with psychological, physiological, and sociological effects of violence and trauma. For someone who's unfamiliar with you and Think Don't Shoot, what is the best way to explain this idea you came up with and what is your ultimate goal with the organization if you haven't reached it yet? So, yeah, like for me, I was never I was never a student that remembers speakers in my school. Um, so it wasn't like I want to be like that. I want to be like this. I want to do what that person did. Um, so for me, it was really organic. For me, it was really just I want to make a difference in a kid's life. And speaking for me was a uh, was steps in that direction. Um, you know, so for me, it really started with mental health. Like, you know, I'd go back to the kid who shot me. Uh, what happened in his life that made him think that meeting me in his alley in that alleyway was his only choice so it really started with both sides of the gun how do you help victims that are are victimized by violence and how do you help those that are victimizing how do we help both sides of the gun um, so it really was violence prevention gun prevention gang prevention um, and as i started to really unravel the onion it really came down for me which was emotional intelligence 90% of the choices we're making are made based on an emotion. Like what I'm wearing, what you're wearing, what those that are listening are wearing right now was made on how you felt this morning. You make decisions based on how you feel. So the kid who shot me were, was making decisions based on how he felt. And if you can help a kid um, understand their emotions, 
control those emotions, what happens is they are in a better position to understand and control their choices. Choices then lead to your how you create your life. What are the choices you're making to build your life, whether it's positive, negative, or neutral? So nowadays, you know, we, we, we started with the gang gun violence, but now we move towards working with schools, working with everyday kids. You don't have to be a gang member to work with us. We work with student leaders, everyday students. And what my goal now is, is to teach emotional intelligence as almost as part of the curriculum, right? Like we learn math, science, English, but we don't learn about ourselves. Who are we? What is empathy? What is emotional intelligence? And most importantly, what am I saying to myself every single day? There's a talk track you have in your head. It's either you're in control of it or it's in control of you. And it really starts there. And then it can spread into things like anti-bullying, okay, student success, uh, mental health, violence and gang prevention. We even get asked to do things on literacy and communication. Um, so our, uh, our, our, our list of topics can be quite wide right. because it all relates back to our emotions and, and how well do we understand and control them. What kind of student were you? Bad. <laughs> meaning <laughs> like i said i wasn't like if there was a speaker that came to my school i was probably skipping to be honest um so if you know it was funny like when kids kids when people that i went to high school with um see what i do now they're kind of like what leo really never saw that coming um but again like who you are in high school does not define you for the rest of your life um, and people think that they're like, okay, I am this guy in high school or this girl in high school. Now I have to be that. No, you can change your identity. You can change your focus as many times as you want. But, you know, I would say having focus is key and not just constantly looking and searching for something, but really fine tuning what you want and going after it is key. Um, so yeah, I wasn't the best kid, but I turned it around. <laughs> and I actually around your age is when I realized that you know my future isn't going to come down to my mom and dad isn't going to come down to the teachers it's really going to come down to me um, and then that's where I started to shift my mindset who am I hanging out with what are the choices I'm making what's driving me to make those choices um, and I started to practice uh, what I teach kids now I started to practice it in college and really started to turn my life around. So I was a kid in high school that got the 50, and then I graduated college with a 95. So, you know, once you really see the power of education, it doesn't always happen in high school. So, you know, you might see it in college, university, heck, you might see it when you're 35 years old, who knows? Right. What is the best advice you can offer someone who feels lost or they can't find their purpose, perhaps in high school for a student who may feel lost? Yeah, I would think, the feeling of loss comes from the need to have it now, right? You need it now, and so you're lost, but you don't need it now. And then, and so it's shifting the mindset, right? Because I, I meet a lot of high school kids and, and they're just like, Leo, I don't know what I wanna be. And I'm like, okay. And then and they feel so much pressure to not know, um, you know? And then the, a lot of the kids on the other side that do know early feel married to that. And then when, they, when their mind shifts, they're like, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. They almost feel so attached to it that they do it anyway, 
Um, so I would say my suggestion for you uh, to young kids watching is stop feeling like you have to have it now. You don't. And it might come in five years, it might come in five months, it might come by the end of the summer. But the need to have it now is forcing you to feel lost because you're kind of like, where do I go now? But there is no road yet. There is no map. So stop think like stop thinking there's a destination before you even got started. Right. You strive to encourage students to chase their dreams, whether they're they're the big dreams or small dreams. Your end goal is to leave a lasting impression that will hopefully push those students into starting that work required to reach those dreams. I remember during your presentation, especially towards the end, your words really started to hit me. And I told myself something similar to a pep talk. It's like, Matthew, let's go, let's do it. And moving forward, I started planning all these future projects. And this podcast itself is a long time in the making. It was an idea that I had for, I think, since the, the end of grade 11. And I had a lot of projects. I think COVID really changed a lot. I think, um, you know, I had projects that were set to release in May of last year. And just like the rest of the world, plans changed. But as I mentioned before, you, you help students with emotional intelligence and student success. And for students who are struggling with their mental health, and what is the best guidance you can offer them right now? especially during the times like this? Yeah, you know, I, I would say it's, it's, it really depends on where you're at, right? Like if, um, if you're just anxious because you haven't seen your friends in a while, okay. If you're suicidal, those are much different, right? And, and, and so my suggestion is really for both. It's the same thing. It's, it's the person that's talking to you in your head right now has a name and that name is your ego. And that voice that dialogue you have with yourself becomes real so a lot of the the kids right now that are depressed or heck maybe even on the on the on the side of suicidal are listening to this negative story they're telling themselves i hate this i suck i can't i won't nobody likes me what's the point and then what happens it goes on repeat and repeat and repeat and then over a couple of days, what happens, no matter how confident, no matter how sure of yourself, you actually start to believe the ego. And wait, maybe I am a loser. And wait, maybe no one does like me. And it shifts you to believe the voice in your head. And so for me, it really is going to come down to how you talk to yourself, right? And I start in the morning. Like when your eyes hit the ceiling, your ego immediately engages. You suck. Nobody likes you. Man, go back to bed. What's wrong with you? Um, and so when you start to speak to yourself and you have a consistent dialogue, so for me, like similar to my bracelet, and I know you're going to bring it up is like that. I can, I will, but that's mine and it could be yours, but it's always different. Like maybe for Matthew, for you, it was like, I'm going to start this podcast by the end of the year, watch me. And then you repeat that over and over and over and over again. And by you, by the time the end of the year comes, you're like, yo, look, I'm doing it because you have this type of, it's like a train, the train enters a track and that track is what you're saying to yourself. So the train's just gonna ride that track. So if it's negative, you're right. If it's positive, you're right. The problem here, Matthew, is that people think it's instantaneous. They think like, all right, Leo, I'm talking to myself. I did the I can, I will, it didn't work. I'm like, every single day, today, tomorrow, good days, bad days, it don't matter. So that's the, you know, that's where a lot of students nowadays, they want it now. I wanted it yesterday. Where was it yesterday, Leo? 
So having some patience is key, but realizing that talking to yourself is a process that has to happen every day. And then you'll start to see the benefits over weeks and months, but you gotta keep it going, right? And that's where a lot of kids fall off where they're like, all right, I tried it, but then I stopped. Right. And, and haters are one of the primary reasons that, that impact the mental state of an individual. I know for sure they have had a negative impact on me. Have you ever encountered, hey, maybe right now, maybe in the past, maybe during school, whether it was directly or not? My whole entire career, my man. Yeah. My whole yeah. entire career. Look, for me, I got shot and left for death. I'll never forget one of the first schools I spoke to said, Leo, I would rather have a guy that shot someone, changed his life, and then spoke to my students. And so I would always get pigeonholed, right? Leo's just a guy that got shot. He's just a guy that got shot. He only talks about gangs and guns. And so I started getting hate from teachers. I started to get hate from parents, principals, guidance counselors, and just like your math teacher. Well, like Leo's full of BS. Well, okay, okay. So the, but what I want to say is, and you probably feel this, Matthew, is like when you want to do something bigger than your network, right? So like your friends, your family, when you have goals that exceed their goals, that's when your friends and family will become haters. Right. Well, yo, Matthew's going to start a podcast? Really? What happens is they can't see it for themselves, so they can't see it for you. And then they become haters, almost hoping to help you. Matthew, I'm just, I'm just getting you to realize the reality. You can't really do it. So stop living in a fantasy world and come down to earth and we're going to help you. And I always tell the kids, you know, and, and I said this in my presentation was the only person you need to believe in you is you. Because when you believe in you, that's like a magnet, you attract others. Now they're like, whoa, Matthew really believes in himself. I want some of that. But when you're the one that's going like, I can't, I will, and you need outside factors to tell you you're good enough, they're never coming, ever. And so you sit there going like, I'm not good enough. I can't, I won't, I won't try. And so you just stay in the same position. So haters are always going to be there. The craziest thing for those out there that want to start something new is when those haters are loved ones, when those haters are moms and dads, aunts and uncles, cousins and nephews, right? Or when it's like your best friend, your homie, your homegirl, you, you know, your bestie, and then they become a hater. That is difficult for anybody to get through. And like I said, the only person you need to believe in you is you. And that's when everybody starts to come. Right. I won't say who, but there is an individual in my family, uh, pretty close to my heart. And I go up to him and I told him, hey, look, your son's trying to be that guy on TV. And he just smirks, laughs. No, you're not. And yeah. here I am starting the podcast. So I'll show well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Matthew. So uh, you might remember this. So when I when I first started this, I remember being so happy. I'm changing lives. Look at me go. Um, and I was telling my grandma and my grandma is you know old school so she was like put a suit on get a lawyer be a doctor get a normal job and so i told grandma that i was like speaking in schools right and i'm i'm smiling i'm excited my energy is like yo grandma you know you know how amazing this is and grandma was just like no 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 you're never gonna do it you're never gonna succeed right and then when i went on tv through mtv and i spoke in front of like twenty thousand people and they put it on mtv guess who now my number one fan is my grandma. Yep. So you, you know, it's, 
impossible until you do it, right? So someone like mom and dad might be like, yeah, Matt, you, you think you can do that? Sure, right? And then when you do, who's going to become your number one fan? Them. Them, right? Yep. right? And, and then that's where you need to come into play. Like, do you hate on them? Like, you weren't there for me. Or do you just accept it that some people can't see the vision you have in your head, right? You see it, you see where you can go, but they don't. And do we hate on them because they don't have the same vision as you? Depends. It all depends, especially if it's like someone you love the most, but. Yeah, like think about like what you're saying, right? Like they're almost doing it to protect you, right? right. Their idea is that they're protecting you. Like I'm, I'm holding you back from rejection. And you might be like, yo, that's not up to you, right? That's not up to you to decide anymore. It's up to me. Right. Haters are either hurting or they're mentally unstable to argue with. And I think Gary Vee says it best. He feels sorry for them, you know, for someone to take the time out of their day to leave hate rather than work on bettering themselves or even supporting one another, they choose to leave hate. And I think someone who's 18 and leaving hate is something that I don't even see valid. I think that's just wrong to do so. I think 18 year olds should be supporting one another considering that this is the future. And what I have been seeing more and more of, especially on social media, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but the comments worsen each year. And I think some kids don't understand the power that comments can have on someone. Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio have been rapidly growing on TikTok, becoming the world's most famous teenagers. And some of the comments they receive, especially on TikTok and Twitter, are comments that I know parents of these little kids who support the girls, they don't want their kids reading those comments. And one of the people leaving the comments are, you know, they think they're funny or it's going to make them feel cool. You know, leaving comments like no talent, get a real job, to even body shaming the two girls by calling them bony, flat, too skinny. Uh, can uh, severely impact their their mental state. And I think I'm skinny myself, you know, family, genetics, that's just how it rolls. And I used to take comments calling me, oh, you're too skinny, quite personally. And people don't understand that for many people, you know, this is a struggle. It can be just as difficult for someone to gain weight as it is to lose weight. And I think for yourself, how do you see social media and how do you think we can reduce the hate that is left on these posts because someone can receive a hundred messages, 99 of them being positive, but that one negative comment can destroy an entire person's mood. Yeah. You remember the one negative, right? Right. Yeah. That's tough. Like I would say, like the one thing I always talk about when it comes to cyberbullying is always, it, it just comes down to realizing that on the other side of that screen, whether it's a laptop, MacBook, tablet, smartphone, is a kid trying to find out who they are, like you, trying to find love and acceptance like you, trying to find friends and you know a clique that they can connect with, uh, you know, a little group that they can affiliate with. Everyone's looking for acceptance. So I always say on the other side of that screen is you. You are literally talking to yourself, right? And 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 that's where things can get really dangerous is when they don't have that perception where they think that they're just sending out these little daggers and there's no one on the other side receiving because they don't see the impact so when i tell a kid that you're ugly no one likes you but i say it to your face instantly i see a reaction right but when i do that online nothing right so i think i'm getting away scot-free right 
And so that's the problem. You change the perspective of what these kids are thinking that they're like, literally they're like another one of you is on the other side of that screen and whatever text, like, not like TikTok, whatever you're doing, um, it's, it's almost like a boomerang you're doing back to yourself. And when you can kind of get kids to kind of understand that, sometimes it's time, you know, you're saying as I get older, um, but again, it's also their self-respect. They're, um, you know, and that comes through emotional intelligence. If you're speaking negatively to yourself all day long, you're not going to be the most positive person on social media. You're not going to be like, wow, you look amazing. Keep it up. You're going to be like, you're ugly. You're fat because you're listening to that ego. And the ego is penetrating every aspect of your life. Right. I can and I will. These five words have stuck with me since your presentation. Can you explain what these words mean to you and what you tell audiences to do with these words when you speak to them? Because whenever I think of Leo Barb, it's these five words that come to my mind. I love it. <laughs> I got to trademark it, even though it's probably impossible now. It's so generic. But yeah, so the, like kids always want to know, okay, Leo got shot, shot twice, left for dead, you know, went through suicide, now helps people and, and lives the life that maybe I want. So then, and that's when I go back and I say, okay, this is what I did. I took control of the voice inside of my head. When you wake up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth, whether it's school or work or whatever you're doing, you're, there's a talk track, right? And there's that ego. And sometimes it's loud, you don't hear it. Sometimes it's, or so, sometimes it's quiet, you don't hear it. Sometimes it's loud and it ruins your whole day. But the problem is, is the voice is always there. So the I can, I will is almost like a suggestion. That's something you can say to yourself, right? So then I put it back to me. I can, I will. Okay, so I woke up this morning. I spoke to about 500 kids on a call earlier today. So my ego is like, go back to bed. Those kids don't care about you. So I don't just do I can, I will then, and then it never happens again, right? I actually do it every day, all day, right? And the problem is, is that most people give up. They do it one day or one time, or they only do it when times are bad. You have to do it good days, bad days, and average days. But that talk track, right? Like, I always say this, like, when you see Kyle Lowry and shooting a free throw, Kyle is not in his head being like, man, I suck. This probably isn't going to go in. Like, that seems dumb, right? It seems like laughable. Like, why would Kyle say that? Like, he's an athlete, but then why is it okay for us? Why is it okay for everyday people? Why is it okay for students and parents and educators and anybody listening to this? It's the same thing. Right. You would never say like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you're dumb and ugly. That's what you need. To no, you'd never say that. You'd say it positive. So the same thing with athletes, leaders, singers, artists, they're being positive to themselves to help them with their craft. If you be positive to yourself, it will help you with your day. And then that positive day, who knows where that can take you. So it all starts with how you speak to yourself, like a talk track, right? Like when you're walking, like when you're talk. sitting, you're right. talking to yourself. Right. Take control of that voice or it will take control of you. Yeah, no one, you know, outside of yourself, no one, you should not allow anyone to tell you what you can and cannot do. Um, if they want to become an actor, do it. If you want to become a doctor, do it. If you want to become a teacher, do it. Just do what you love. And I remember back in elementary and high school, we as kids would think that being cool is what meant you like, 
it's like you made it and that's what you thought it was and, and if you're cool you got all that special treatment you got all the girls you got everything and, and being cool wasn't by getting good grades it was never by having respect having manners it was the opposite it was failing tests being disrespectful and when you got older in, in high school you know smoking drinking sleeping with multiple girls or guys perhaps sometimes cheating that was considered cool and now that i graduated high school and i'm in university you know you can correct me if i'm wrong but being cool doesn't mean anything in the real world no no yeah what you thought was going to make you cool in high school essentially will make you homeless <laughs> um outside of school you know and, and i always say this too it's like Every single kid in high school can't wait to get out. Everybody that got out, it's not like they wish they could go again, but they wish they did it different, right? So if you're in high school right now, realize that you're in the opportunity of your life. You're doing things that you're literally, like if you're in high school right now, I want you to realize that the richest people in the world, billionaires and trillionaires, wish they were you. You wish you were them, but they wish they were you. They wish they could go back and do it again. And that's why it's so powerful being a high school kid or even a university college student is because you're essentially living the life a trillionaire would throw his whole dollar at to be you. Right. And you're it for free. Okay. And that's a mindset, right? I always tell the kids, it's like, what is the one thing a trillionaire cannot buy? Time. What is the one thing you have? time okay and you change your mindset so i've had kids literally walk away from workshops being like wait i have what trillionaires want yeah but what are you going to do with it right. are you going to play video games you're going to play netflix you go on google plus and watch the new loki series that happened last night <laughs> or are you going to do something right and so that's that that separates people real early right so I look back at those days and I realized that I was with the wrong group of people. I'm, I'm not, were you perhaps with the wrong group of people at some time in high school or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, yeah. speak, you know, speaking of cool, you know, having an X amount of friends, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, I remember the year, like a year ago, I deleted Snapchat, not because like, you know, I don't use it. It takes up a lot of storage considering I have all the memories. I still re-download for that and I do reconnect with some people, but the people that are close to my heart and the people that support me, they have my phone number so they can call, text. I feel like Snapchat was, it got to a point where it got really toxic. I used to get 40 or 50 different people snapping me and I'm like, dang, I'm pretty dang cool. And I eventually realized that what value do these individuals bring to my life? Many of those people, you know, snap me, not because they wanted to check up on me or they wanted to see how I'm doing or whatever. They snapped me because we did something called streaks. And, you know, I look back at it and I guess like when you're in grade nine, grade 10, you're still young, do it for fun, but don't take it too seriously. But once you get older, you, you mature. And I think, you know, I understand if you actually talk to the person and that streak continues, but snapping just the black screen or an S, you know, back and forth is just pointless. And I think what I'm saying is having a small circle is okay, because at the end of the day, I would rather have four quarters than 100 pennies. Um, and, and what I want to ask you is, what's your opinion on a small circle, especially if you want to get serious about your dreams moving forward? Yeah, like, uh, what's the saying they say network is your your network is your net worth. So yeah. 
you know, you become the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're hanging out and, 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 and quickly on that, it's also what you're consuming, right? So if you're going on Instagram and then you're like watching fighting videos or like really aggressive, scary videos, like that is penetrating your mind and your body and your soul. So it's not always who you're, not only who you're associating with, but it's also what are you consuming, right? What, what information, what videos are you watching, right? So a lot of people um, think that the more the merrier, right? The more I have, right? Like you think back to high school on a Friday night, you're like, yo, I, like I got, I could go to this party. I can go to that party. This person's hitting me up. That person's hitting me up. Yeah. But do you even want to hang out with those people? Probably not, right? So it just feels good to have people want to be a part of your life, right? Then you get older and you realize that there is a little thing called energy suckers. People that are just there to seep energy from you, take what they want, and leave. Um, and so what happens as you get older, there's a little thing called protecting your peace. You gotta protect your peace by isolating yourself. Like I know that that person's negative. I know that this person's filled with drama. I know that that person only wants to get drunk or high. I know that, so you start to protect yourself. And what you find in doing that is you have a smaller circle because right. it's not so much quantity. It is, is about the quality of those friendships, right? I would rather have one or two friends I can call on than 200 friends that are never there, that will never answer my call when I need them, right? So I think you hit it on the nose. It really is gonna come down to small circles, but what a lot of people forget is that sometimes they hang out with someone just because he went to the same elementary school. We grew up on the same street. Um, we both like Fortnite or Apex, right? We still, we play these games so that, so we're friends, right? Or we like getting drunk at school. So we're friends or, you know what I mean? So you start to associate to people that don't actually matter in the long term, right? So understanding that your friends are the family you pick that can sometimes change your mindset. Right. Um, and then you also take on those characteristics, right? Like I was hanging out with a lot of negative people, people that are doing illegal things. So I started to take those on like subconsciously. But if I hung out with leaders and people that wanted more and worked hard and were positive without even thinking, I'm taking on those characteristics. So that's why, um, you know, they say start to focus on who you're surrounding yourself with. Right. But also what you're digesting, what you're taking in, what yeah. content are you watching is key too. Exactly, because energy is transferable. Right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So an excellent form of educating yourself is reading. And I think reading has a significant impact on your life. It's just a matter of finding out what your interests are. I could never finish a book, especially in high school, right? But it wasn't because I wasn't interested. It's because I was reading the wrong type of books. And I started reading a lot of self-improvement books lately. I just finished one. And they have been like movies in my head. Um, I can't stop reading. Uh, I most recently ordered a book from Indigo. It's on its way. And I never really believed in, you know, in a book making you smarter or, or changing your perspective on life. But it sure does. I think, you know, look at me now, just one book changed so much in my life. Nice. And a lot of that material that was discussed in that book, you know, it's applied to my everyday life. And, you know, you can also read as many books as you want, but it's, you know, it's just a matter of how you utilize that knowledge you get. 
And for me, similar to what you do during presentations, reading aside, what do you want listeners to take away from this that we discussed today and how can they adapt? I can, and I will similar to what you said earlier into their lives in the best way possible. Look, we're emotional creatures, right? We make decisions based on emotions, right? So the best thing that anybody can do, whether you're 12 years old or 55 years old, is to have a better relationship with that conversation, right? Actively be a part of that conversation. So a lot of people go, man, I don't talk to myself. Like I just live my life. I just do my thing and whatever. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Well, you have an active role in that, right? And that is going to come down to like, okay, what, what are my thoughts? What are they, right? If you have a negative thought, look at it, think about it, like really observe it and stop pushing these things away. Well, it's negative. I don't want it. It's positive. Bring it and start to understand that I'm going to have different emotions. Those emotions are going to have impact in my decisions. And if I don't control that, someone else is in control of my life. And then when you go back to controlling those emotions, again, how you talk to yourself, what is that talk track you're repeating? Okay. I would rather repeat. I can, I will every day, all day, than this whole story. That's positive, negative, inspiration. Like, no, just keep it simple. Keep it short and sweet and say that all day, every day. Like it could be, I can, I will. It could be, I'm beautiful, I deserve this. There's also, one second. There's also this thing I have that I always look at as well is that nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop you, right? And that's a mindset too, right? Um, so just having a talk track, getting to know yourself by talking to yourself instead of avoiding it. Like, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Start now by speaking to yourself. And I say the best thing to do is in the morning. When your eyes hit the ceiling, don't let life push you in a direction. Push yourself in the direction you want. Great. I think, you know, on top of reading that I mentioned, I forgot to mention one thing, and it's journaling. I think like when I say journaling to like a friend, they're like, Oh, that only girls do that. And I think, I don't know how you can, you know, sexualize or, you know, put a, you know, a certain like stereotype on journaling. I feel like it's how you use it. And I feel the way I'm using my journal is I'm writing notes, like, like a paragraph or two of my journeys. So, you know, in in 10 years in 20 years, who knows how long, I can look back and see how I got there and the work that I put in. Like I just recently, when I started the podcast, I have like a couple entries saying, okay, I'm brainstorming. Okay. First episode done. Now I'm going to, you know, write about this episode that we're doing right now. And I feel like people, it doesn't have to be, you know, writing about your day or whatever. It can just be, like you said, positive things in the morning that you want to do like a goal, like a list of goals you want to achieve. And then before you go to sleep, you know, see how much you accomplished. Yeah, I think one of the big, biggest things that a lot of people talk about, like once, like when you get into like, you know, really influencing people is like a gratitude journal, right? So what the gratitude journal is, is you do it in the morning and the first thing you wake up. And what I found is a lot of people would start talking about what they're grateful for today. Well, it's six o'clock in the morning. My day hasn't started yet. So how am I supposed to be thankful for today? I'm projecting possible things like you know, it's going to be a nice day and blah, 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 blah. So I would always say, if you're going to do a gratitude journal, when you wake up in the morning, focus on what you were grateful for yesterday. And what that does is for the rest of the day, 
you're looking for journal entries to do tomorrow morning. And then you do that every day, every day, every day. And what you're doing is now you're setting the intention every single day to look for the things to be grateful for before they even come. You're looking for them. You're attracting them and you're bringing them into your life by writing stuff down, right? And, and I say this in my programs is that when you have a dream in your head, it stays a dream. When you write it down in a journal, on a notepad and on your, on your iPhone notepad is you increase the possibility by 42%. By just writing it down, you're increasing the possibility of it happening by 42%. So if it's I can, I will, and you think it, that's good. But when you write it down, you're 42% more likely to act that out. So same thing with gratitude, same things with the intentions for the day, write it down. Journal is not for girls. And, and just to quickly touch on that is because we live in a, in a society, we feminize things like caring, loving, supportive. And then guys like you and me, we can't be loving, supportive, and caring because those are for girls. Right. And so we got to be assholes and dicks and cold-hearted and I don't need nobody. Yep. And so we got to shift the mentality to the guys that are listening right now. Journaling is not for girls. Journaling is for the world's most powerful people. So if you have a dream to be powerful, you journal. Love it. And just like that, we have reached the end of our show. A special thanks to you, Leo, for taking the time to come on here and discuss, you know, your organization, My your pleasure. story, uh, as well as taking, uh, talking about ways and bettering yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. It's been a pleasure. Right. Me too, man. And, you know, I love these full circle moments, man, to have, to, to know that I made an, a small impact in your life and to see the impact come to fruition for you to create something from scratch. It's a beautiful thing, man. So you should be proud of yourself. And uh, yeah. You can and you will. All right. For, for anyone who has tuned in to Leo and I, I want to say a big thank you for listening. New episodes of the Matthew Gronica show air every Monday, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Make sure to follow the show on social media at Gronica show. I'll have those linked in the in description below, as well as Leo's in the description as well. On top of the social media side of things, I'll also have Leo's websites linked below as well. Be sure to check those out. That's all for this week. Take care, everybody. Thank you.